0: I sincerely believe this episode deserves a special introduction. Suzanne Monroe is the founder of the International Association of Wellness Professionals and director of their amazing holistic wellness coach certification and training program. Throughout the years, I've developed a huge admiration for Suzanne, and this interview has provided me with a one on one opportunity to truly witness her brilliance and intelligence. And we get to feel her inspiration passion, and love for what she does. I've known Suzanne since 2016 while training to become a holistic wellness coach, and to this day I work with the IWP as a master wellness coach to help train new students. The program teaches how to become an effective coach, learn about wellness, and receive training on setting up their own business. I witness on a daily basis how our students receive direct support from Suzanne and her brilliant team. Last year alone, she touched 11.5 million souls with her wellness message and works tirelessly to make this world a better place. I'm truly astounded how one person can bring about such a huge amount of positive change to our beautiful world where more wellness is clearly needed. I trust you'll enjoy this episode as much as we did. Suzanne, I am so honored and grateful to be spending this time with you. Thank you so much for being here. Suzanne Monroe is the founder of the International Association of Wellness Professionals, the IAWP, and you are the director of the IAWP's Holistic Wellness Coach Certification and Training Program, as well as the author of Live Well, Dream Big, the ultimate guide to becoming your best self and living life on your own terms. You also have your own podcast, Live Well, Dream Big, and I absolutely love it. It's filled with wonderful interviews with wellness experts, um, all sorts of topics about energy, sleep, money, how to get clear about purpose and passion and life and burnout and finding your flow. And what amazes me, Suzanne, is that last year alone, You helped reach 11.5 million people with the message of holistic wellness. And through the IAWP, your aim is to help people reawaken their purpose and find a career that they love and living a life that they love. So thank you so, so much. And I'm really excited for this conversation. Should we start by just, can you share your story about how you got burnt out in your previous career and how that started and your transition into what you are doing today which is so amazing.
1: Well, I'd be happy to. But first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me on. It's just an honor to be here with you. We've been connected for so many years now and this is just great to be having this connection and seeing you out there in the world sharing your message and uh excited to be connecting with your community and your audience and and yeah, there's there's the story, right? You know me, I always say there's like the big old story and then there's all like the little micro stories, you know, but uh without going too far back, I do have to say that my story kind of goes back to when I was a child and when I was really, uh, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And of course, every kid gets asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. And, you know, usually you kind of eventually come up with some standard answer and maybe you follow that path. But I just really could never come up with an answer. I just really didn't know. And so it's kind of like this quest that I was going on from an early age. Like, what is it that I want to be when I grow up? And as I moved into my young adult years and teenage years and actually then going off to college, I really still didn't have an answer. And because I didn't have an answer, I followed the rules that were laid out before me. There was kind of a rule book handed down to me from my parents, and the rules were basically you go to a good school, you get good grades, and then you go get a good job. And frankly, you stay in that good job for a lifetime, right? Because that's what success is. So because I didn't know what I wanted to do, that's the path that I followed. And um, ultimately, it landed me in the corporate world and actually a very fast paced, consulting firm. I was living in Chicago and as a young adult and and stepping into this a life of the corporate world. And at the time, the position I took actually was very coveted among my peers. It was a very high paying kind of consultant position. Um, everyone was like, wow, you landed the big firm, that kind of thing. And so I thought this was all great, but I I get there. And in the first few weeks on the job, I'm noticing some things that kind of seem strange to me, which is, first of all, we've got people sleeping under their desk at night. Some even bring their pillow along because they are planning to spend the night in their little cubby. <laughs> and then one morning I run into my boss. He's wearing his pajama pants because yes, he spent the night there and he's got his <laughs> toothbrush and he's going off to the bathroom. So needless to say, a little bit embarrassing, but also I'm thinking to myself, Is this normal? Is this the corporate world? Is this career life? I don't know because it's my first job. So and that was really the company culture. You were really meant to give it all over to the company, and so. I started on this path. Now I never brought my pillow to the office or my pajamas, so I'm, <laughs> I'm happy about that. But I definitely pulled some all nighters, and this went on and on for a couple of years. And I ultimately found myself. I was actually uh, speaking of uh, you know. I think I told you this, but I at the time uh, my skills are rusty now. But uh, I was bilingual, speaking Spanish, and yeah, as you yeah, know, yeah. I, I lived in Spain where where you're located uh, some of the time. And so I was, I was hired to also be um, a bilingual consultant and I was traveling in Latin America. So I was, I was also putting in extra work because you had to travel on the weekends to get to your location. Mm -hmm. So on one project, I found myself in Argentina and again, it was kind of these, you're staying up till three, four in the morning. And by the third night, I just put my head down on the desk in front of all my coworkers. And I mean, I was so exhausted and I got up and I said, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I went back to my hotel room. And, you know, I left my coworkers there because I'm like, I just can't finish this project. I, I can't do this project anymore. But what I realized was I can't do this job anymore and I can't do this lifestyle anymore. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of this big moment that happened. And ultimately, I left that job. It didn't happen overnight. But I realized I've got to do something different because this is wreaking like havoc and on my health. But I also I just I feel totally lost. And this is not what I meant to do.
0: Uh, so that's a little bit. That's part, at least one part of the story. So I'll I'll yeah. pause there. I love that. I love that. And you know, burnout is such a big thing today. And so, Suzanne, what do you what do you think is it the reason why there is so much burnout? What is it? Is it because of the long hours that companies are demanding more, as in your case that you've just so beautifully shared, or is it because we're in a job that we don't love and we're not thriving? What What do you think it is? It's a good question. Right.
1: I mean, first of all, I just want to say is if we're talking a little bit about burnout right now, first of all, there's burnout, which is basically, in my mind, a state of physical, mental and emotional exhaustion that's caused by prolonged stress. Hmm. Then we have career burnout, which is that state of physical, mental and emotional exhaustion caused by prolonged stress related to your career that ultimately impacts your motivation, your performance, your connection to your work, and even expands out to other areas of your personal life. So you can have something stressful going on in your life that has nothing to do with career that can cause you to have, you know, periods of burnout. But what happens there is that that stressor ultimately sometimes seems to work itself out and you move out of burnout. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing with people in careers is that you don't feel you can get out of your job you feel stuck. You don't feel like you can escape, right? So you're stuck there. And so the burnout becomes more prolonged. People end up kind of really hitting rock bottom oftentimes, but they feel trapped, right? And so it becomes very prolonged. And that's where it starts impacting our health, right? That's where we see people where all of a sudden they have to take a mental health leave and they can't come back or they end themselves in the hospital. And they think, what's wrong i thought all was well yeah right because because of what's going on there now you say who's responsible for this why is this happening well we've got companies right who are do they are they seeing employees and people as commodities right like is there really this respect for the individual as a part of the whole as a part of the collective as a part of the organization but we as people are also responsible right so back then in that story for me i had to take responsibility because you know what i realized no one was coming to save me. No yeah. one was coming to save me. The company wasn't going to save me. My boss wasn't going to save me. My coworkers weren't going to save me. Right. So ultimately, no matter what's happening out there in the greater world, whoever we want to put the blame on, we can actually only take responsibility for ourselves and what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I realized no one was coming to save me, I had to start looking into what I was going to do next.
0: Yeah. And how did you get into it? What made you realize that this is what you wanted to do, that you've created this amazing organization helping so many people in the world? Well,
1: thank you. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of steps and things that happen <laughs> along the way for sure. But, like, kind of picking back up on that story a little bit, I'll say this is that I ended up going into other positions after that, other corporate positions, and they weren't that different. Okay, nobody was spending the night at the office, but the culture was kind of still the same. And I still didn't love what I did. And I was still overworking. I was still stressed. I was still living an unhealthy life. And I just I was moving positions, but the burnout was kind of really still there. And I ultimately have what I now call today a reevaluation moment. And I think we all have these reevaluation moments. They can be light bulb moments. You get a aha. You meet somebody a chance encounter and you're you open up to a whole new perspective and it sets you on a different course. They can be health challenges in our life. As you know, many coaches in our community, that's what inspires them to go on the path of holistic wellness coaching is that they have a very similar journey to mine, coincidentally, right? They, you know, they hit that burnout, but they have a health challenge and it sparks in them this desire to go and help other people. And that's really kind of what happened to me, except for it wasn't my health challenge. It was my husband at the time who I was married to. He actually ended up having his own health crisis. And we were just back from our honeymoon, actually. And I'm still over here in career burnout. And we find out that he's been diagnosed with an incurable illness. And the doctors are like, and this is over 20 years ago now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So two decades ago, you know, and I don't know how much has really changed, right? We still hear stories like this, but we're, you know, the, the message was there's not much you can do about it. Life is going downhill from here. And, you know, you can take a pill, it probably won't help, but that's your only option. And, Frankly, we just weren't satisfied with the answer of there is no option here. So we had to start looking into alternatives. And that's really the beginning of my path with holistic wellness, natural healing, natural health, which I had no clue about before, because mind you, I was actually working in the pharmaceutical industry in this uh, position at this job at this time. Right. So a totally different world. Right. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, this world isn't here to help. What am I going to do? So I really became the researcher. And I really became ultimately the wellness coach for my husband at the time, though. There, that wasn't really a title then, right? But that's what I became. And that's what I started helping him with. And I'll just kind of skip over that story and say, fast forward again, two day, decades later, he's doing fine. Everything they said never happened to him. Okay. But my part of the story is that, wow, it really lit up in me this whole passion for this whole area of natural health and holistic wellness and alternative approaches And I saw, oh, my gosh, if the traditional path over here isn't working and there's another way, how do we apply that to other areas of our life? And I started to realize the same thing was happening in my career, because remember, I was following the traditional path. I was following the rule book. I was following the rules. Go to the good school, get good grades, go off and get a good job. And I realized, what if there's another way over here too? another way that I haven't been told about yet, mm. another way that is different from the norm. Mm. And that's where I started getting interesting. How do I combine this whole idea of holistic wellness and what I'm interested in maybe going a different route and really carving my own path? But see, I had to be willing to to break the rules. And that was pretty scary. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. And it is, it's taking that path that that is the undiscovered, the the path that isn't the, not the, the, the well-trodden path, you know, it's opening up a new path. And, you know, it's like the idea of of me comes, you know, when you're an African breaking down all those bushes and making, you know, finding the clearing and finding that clarity in that. And one of the things is, you know, I I came into the IAWP also because of a health issue. And one of the most powerful things for me was, was redefining success. Because I think success is defined in that sort of, you know, the traditional, you get a job, you go to school, you get a, you know, you, you go through those, those steps that they are telling you to go through, and that is considered to be successful, then you're successful. But when we find ourselves in those situations, it's like that's not for me, that's not what is successful. And so redefining success for each one of us was a very powerful moment in my in my training as well with the with the IWP. I think that there's a lot of fear in changing, isn't there? Oh yeah. (laughs) It's taking that it's taking that that huge step and it's like a leap of faith to be able to say, I'm gonna do that. How do you think that it is you know, for somebody who is stuck in their job listening to you and saying, wow, it just it sounds like my story. How do you think for these people, what would you suggest to them is, is you know, taking that step, that first step? Where, do, where would that start?
1: Well, I'll say this. One of the reasons we're fearful about making change is that we're living with beliefs that we have and stories that we've taken on and stories that we believe to be true. And I call these stories our our narratives, right? And basically, they're just stories from our unconscious thinking, from our upbringing, maybe from society, right? Like you're saying, uh, you know, you shouldn't leave the job. You should follow this path. This is what success is that someone else has defined as success, but we have kind of adopted them as our own, right? Mm -hmm. And so there are these phrases we say to ourselves. Oftentimes, we don't even know we're saying them. They're kind of so embedded in our subconscious mind, right? But they're basically badges of honor we kind of carry around. And it could be anything related to work, like, you know, I have to be the responsible one and stay in this successful career. Or it could be to do with relationships. You know, oh, I'm just not good at relationships. I'm not lovable. Or it could be to do with finances. You know, money doesn't grow on trees. That's a big one. People have heard before, right? My narrative that I was carrying around that was passed down to me for my dad, who, uh, you know, he hears me sometimes talking on podcasts. He's like, yep, I did say that a lot. I didn't realize it is never risk a lot for a little never risk a lot for a little it was just like this little ditty that he would say sometimes right but my and you know on one level he was right you don't want to necessarily take a huge risk for a little little return on the other hand my my little you know 10 year old brain was like don't take risks risks are dangerous follow the path right so these narratives that we're carrying around keep us in fear oftentimes And so I think what it comes down to as a first step for people is getting really clear on what are those stories you're telling yourself? What are Mm -hmm. those narratives that you're carrying around? And maybe some of them are narratives that you want to keep. But I bet you there's a whole bunch of them you don't want to keep anymore. And here's what you have to understand about the narratives, how they relate to what's happening in your life. Your narratives impact your choices, right? And then the choices you make and the behaviors that show up. So you have to be willing to look at them and then start to replace those narratives with new ones, right? Because there's a saying that goes, nothing changes if nothing changes. Yeah. Right, nothing changes if nothing changes. So we really have to be willing to lead that change and look at what are the stories we wanna start telling ourselves because the reality is we all have the power to do that. And from that place, we can begin to step into the lives we wanna create. And we may not know exactly what that looks like, But we do get to choose that story.
0: Suzanne, it comes to me that this is where, you know, because a lot of these narratives that we have, we're not aware of them. And I've realized in my practice and, you know, with the students that a lot of the times that this is where the power of coaching lies, right? Where you have a coach in front of you and they're listening to every single word. And then we question those belief systems or your habits or you know your routines what you're doing in every day which you become sort of automated you're doing these without even thinking about them and it's somebody else really who is objective and that is the power of coaching um, that's at least where I see the power of coaching and so many of so many clients that I've you know they're like wow I'd never realized that you know through the power of our words our thoughts and you know they're just because they're inherited and you know like your father he wasn't even aware of the fact that those are the narratives that he's passing on. And I think things are changing hugely nowadays. People, at least there's in our world where we live in, we see how there's these incredible changes and people creating their own realities and the power that we have to co-create our own realities.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I just want to touch on something you said there with the power of coaching, right? Because one of the things about the power of coaching, as you know, And we have a philosophy. Uh, We have many philosophies and like little sayings around the IEWP, but one of them is be the guide, not the guru. Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes two ways. The coach is really sitting back and being present and being that guide and listening, like you said, right? They're not being the guru telling you what you should do and what rules to follow, right, which is probably what has happened to somebody their entire life. They're asking these powerful questions and sitting back and taking it in kind of from this bird's eye view, this other perspective, as you Mm -hmm. said, and they get to really hear what's really coming through. And at the same time, by being that guide for you, what a coach is doing is allowing you to actually be your own guide to discover your own inner guru and start listening to your own inner voice rather than all the other voices out there that are telling you what to do, right? So it's really the sort of this two-way street that can be so powerful, I think. And that's um, that's really exciting because people finally may, they, they allow themselves to say what they've always been thinking. All these things come through really from their inner world. And that's really the truth of who they are. And we can't really tell anybody what's right for them or what they should be doing. Mm. Right. But we can hold that space, which you're so amazing at doing for people, you can hold that space for them to go on that journey. And um, that's one of the powers, I think, of, Mm. of coaching and the work that we do.
0: And also to accompany them on that route because sometimes we'll encounter road bumps. You know, we might sort of go three steps forward and then we'll have a hits, you know, set back and we'll have a step back and then we're there to support them and say, that's okay, that's okay, you know, because sometimes and to be humane and to realize that, you know, to be compassionate with yourself in that growth process because it can't happen overnight. It's not like, you know, the pharmaceutical industry where you take a pill and then, you know, you, there it is, you're suddenly, your headache's gone. Whereas if you understand where that headache comes from for example and maybe there was somebody who said something there's a little bit of tension and learning how alternative things as you were saying before is maybe meditating or maybe breath work or something that is going to help you and that's why I love the the podcast of spirituality within the wellness and you have included we've got this great for those of you listeners who don't know within the IWP we've got the wellness 360 wheel and there's different elements and there's spirituality within that wellness wheel which is beautiful because it's you know your energy body and it's also you know going within it's that power of going within and it's finding connection connection and I think one of the biggest things that I find in the world at the moment is we've lost connection we've lost connection with others we've lost connection with ourselves Connection with nature, all sorts of other things, which is so powerful to find that connection again. And, you know, through the through, I I really believe through coaching, we can really support our clients so much in finding connection, what to connect with that really brings them so that they can thrive in life.
1: Yeah, I think you're bringing up such a good point with this idea of connection. Um, And it's funny that you mentioned kind of the whole wellness 360 philosophy and the system, right? Because we have these 12 different elements that are All these different elements actually impact our well-being. And of course, it's not just these static elements. It's across three layers, uh, kind of dimensions of the self, I call it. And the interesting thing about spirituality being one of the elements, but all of the elements have kind of this external layer, internal layer, and then this other symbolic layer which to me is really the spiritual layer laying throughout all of the elements mm. so if you really think about it and That's and true. I have not per se said this before but if we look at all the elements spirituality is really probably the most important element in the wellness 360 wheel because not only does it stand alone as its own element but it actually encompasses the entire system Mm -hmm. so my point being is you can go out and focus on fixing your mindset or focusing on uh, changing your body or eating healthier but if you don't look at the spirituality piece you may be missing pretty much the whole entire picture of what it means to be growing and evolving on this path. Mm. And sure, we all have to start somewhere. And for so many people, it starts with just one element. It starts simple and that's really how it's meant to be. But the whole idea of Wellness 360 is that you continue to work through all of the elements and realize that they're all interconnected. So it's not just, you know, just do one thing. It's not just isolated in a box. There is this interconnection between all of the elements. Mm. And to your point with connection, not only is there a connection between all the areas in our life, with spirituality being such a a big piece, this connection element is so huge in our lives today. We have become so isolated. We are kind of living in our own boxes, you know, and the connection piece is really, really huge, I think, for people and finding that connection. And that can mean a lot of different things, right? Mm -hmm. That can be connecting with other people, but ultimately it's about finding that connection within to whatever you believe, your higher power, your sources, your connection to the universe, God, goddess, whatever you call it, that is the connection that I believe every human being is craving to really bring him forward into true well-being. And then it's like, oh, all the other things start falling into place, too. Hmm.
0: And, you know, I was listening to one of your podcasts, and you mentioned something about undoing. And it's that one of the things that I'm really discovering recently is allowing that space. There's a space, and what can come into that space? And it's really working with the divine feminine, isn't it? As, as you say, it's, it's creating that space where we are allowing something that we've actually, from our mental mind, decided this is what's going to happen. We've got everything programmed. It's allowing that mystery and the magic to come back into our lives. And for that, we need to stop, slow down, just almost do nothing. Einstein came up with his theory of relativity sitting underneath the tree, you know, so it's that connection with maybe with nature and just finding that stillness and what can come from that stillness, because we are living, you know, lives that are really so fast and furious. So finding that quiet time in our lives, which is quite challenging, isn't it?
1: It is. And as you're talking about this, you know, there's so many different ways we can talk about, you know, what stillness is versus activity, whether it's feminine, masculine, and everybody has different language for this, depending on their own kind of spiritual lens. But even the ancient Greeks defined time in two different ways. There was chronos time and kairos time. And it really speaks to what you're talking about. Chronos time was chronological time. This was the clock This was the calendar. This was linear time, Mm -hmm. right? And that's like everything that's happening in the day-to-day on the physical level. That's how I think about it. Then there was Kairos. And Kairos is like deep time. It's not measured by hours or minutes or days or years, right? It's measured by what you're talking about, this stillness, this presence. It's measured by moments, Mm. moments of joy and happiness, really. And so the question becomes then, how do we bring in more Kairos time into our life in a world where we're living in Kronos time, right? Mm. Because that's the to-do list, that's the everyday, and that's the things that we get caught up in. But at the end of the day, they don't mean that much unless we were able to somehow find some element of the Kairos time to yeah. balance with the, the reality of Kronos, which is you know part of our existence as well.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. I was listening to somebody talking the other day and they were saying that their school teacher had told them you know, when she was maybe 12 years old, they said, don't look to your side, don't look to one side, don't look to the other side, don't look in front of you, don't look behind you, because then you're just going to be comparing. Look above, connect with, you know, God, whatever you want to call it, connect with Mother Earth, you know, Pachamama, Pachatata, and then connecting to our hearts in our heart space. And, you know, through the Heart Math Institute, we know that, you know, the, the the heart has an electromagnetic field that is 60 times greater than the, than the brain. So it's really, I think it's a matter of coming down into our heart space where we can feel that moment and not be in the moment from our head, but really be in the moment with our heart where we're feeling that moment and not analyzing and thinking, this is right, we should be somewhere else or, you know, that kind of sort of mental activity cacophony that carries on in our head all the time
1: yeah and it's hard to do and you know we have another saying in our community which you're probably familiar with is life is happening for you not to you right uh our friend natalia has said that before as well and it's just life is happening for you not to you right and what is that really about well it's about exactly kind of what you're saying it's like there's a lot going on in life right but how do we How do we kind of look at it from a different lens? And if life is happening for you, not to you, that means all the different challenges and things that are coming up. Yeah, you can get caught up in the drama. You can get caught up in the trauma, everything that's happening. And there may be some need to do so. But on the other hand, what here is for me? Right. Because it goes back to even my story, right? When my husband was diagnosed with this incurable illness. Sure, I had to be caught up in some of the, the trauma of it. But if I stayed there, I never would have seen the biggest, greatest opportunity and gift that it actually became for me and set me on my life's path to now go on to impact so many more lives. And those people are going on to impact lives. So if I realize life is happening for me, like every challenge, every hardship actually has kind of this other silver lining. And it's not to be cliche. It's to be that we actually are not just human beings having a spiritual experience, right? We're these we are, we're having the spiritual experience, not just the human experience, right? Yeah. As uh, the late Dr. Wayne Dyer used to use that quote. I think he was quoting somebody else. But the point is, is that if you've got conflicts with your partner or you've got challenges at work or disappointments in your life or in your business, right? Yeah, they're, they're all there, but they're also gifts and opportunities to look at things a little bit differently. And then you get back to what you're saying is like, how do you do this in the day to day? You got to carve out those moments. But I was thinking about this earlier. It's kind of like you wake up in the morning and you could just rush off to your day or you can put on what I call soul goggles. You can put on your soul goggles, right? This allows you to have sort of this greater spiritual lens. It doesn't mean you're not of this world. It doesn't mean you're not going through all the things you have to do. It doesn't mean you're not, you know, being the mother to your amazing daughter or driving off to, you know, soccer practice or whatever it is you have to do. But you're doing it with your soul goggles on, which means you get that opportunity to see where life is happening for you, not just to you're not just a rat in the rat race. Right. And I think if we can start to look at things that way, what we start to notice is that oftentimes we're stuck in certain patterns that we just keep repeating, but we can stop doing that because we're not looking at it through a soul lens.
0: Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. And, you know, I think it comes back to a lot to, you know, it's it's not only the fact that, you know, looking at these things that are happening for us, but it's also taking responsibility. I think going back to that responsibility, that sense of responsibility, and when we fully understand that when this is, hap- this is happening for us is like taking the responsibility and saying, why is it that I'm in stuck in this relationship? relationship, where I keep on getting, you know, abused, am I permitting it, you know, finding those boundaries of saying, no, you know, you've got to stop that and taking that, you know, finding the strength within to be able to create. And I think it's like a flipping of that feeling of life is just happening, you know, towards you and everything's going and flipping it so that you can sort of take more, I never really like using the word control, but having more I think the empowered feeling more empowered in your life to say that because I think and I've got those beautiful soul glasses on in the morning that my vision is going to be completely different what I see and how I see it is going to be very different and I love I don't know if you know the work I've just discovered her her name is Veda Austin and she's done a lot of work about water and crystallography it's absolutely amazing and you know, she mentions the fact that our actual lens, our eye, is ninety nine percent water. And if you think that water is prog- well programmed, water has consciousness. You know, you can tell water something, and it and it will respond. So, find out her, her work is absolutely amazing. And if you think that our lens, are, we're actually looking through the wor- at the world through water. And so, what are we telling ourselves? What are those stories that we're telling ourselves? What is it that that's stuck? disk, you know, that is in our head that's saying, I'm useless, I can't do this, I'm not good enough. All of these stories that we're telling ourselves that are actually having a direct influence on every single cell in our body. And not only that, it's also how we see the world how we see this beautiful world, we can either see all the negative and everything that is that is bad, or we can actually start creating and seeing the world and looking, you know, if we're watching the news all the, all the time, we're just seeing the world as a really horrible place. But if we listen to stories of people who are doing amazing things, life doesn't look so bad. You know, there is a lot of change that's happening. We're in very interesting times, aren't we? <laughs> Yes,
1: absolutely. I just want to uh, pull out something that you said that a couple of things But first of all, um, you know, your work, uh, you've done so much with the work of water, which is so amazing, right? Yes. But now here you are, you know, your podcast is about spirituality. And you know, as you we were talking about before, these things are all interconnected. But I just love how you've like now you have these two things coming together. And you think, oh, water, spirituality, totally two different things. But look at this amazing discovery about how they're actually totally interconnected, right? So that's, you know, the beauty of understanding that, you know, there's this wholeness to really everything we're doing. Mm. Um, And so yeah, and I also want to say, too, I think it's so huge to be like, what are you feeding your mind? What information are you taking in? What's your perspective, like everything you're saying 100%? Yes, right. And on the same thing, I always give a cautionary little note here, because I see too many people who are on the conscious path who are whether they're coaches or holistic practitioners, Or people out there in the world who are doing what I call positive over. They're positive overing into their life where they're saying, oh, I'm not going to take in anything negative. You know, there's nothing coming here. And what they do is they're spiritually bypassing, uh, which is a term out there, but they're really Mm. bypassing again that opportunity because they're afraid of the pain. They're afraid of the negative. They're afraid of anything that seems bad. But that is where the opportunity really is, right? When we dive into the challenge and we say, oh, I am willing. To look at the muck i am willing to look at the shadow i am willing to go into the dark i'm not afraid of it because i'm trying to be super positive i get that that is the journey to get to the other side that is the journey to the positive that is the journey to the light to the understanding of myself on a greater level and you mentioned relationships relationships are one of the best teachers and best ways to do this Mm. because almost every relationship you're in on an intimate level is i believe a soul contract right so there's everything happening and you can stay in blame you can be pointing the finger but until you turn that finger around and start looking at what is your role what is the meaning for you how can you really grow from this? It's just, it can be the greatest opportunity, right? And another great opportunity for doing that is starting on the path of becoming a coach or starting your own business, becoming an entrepreneur. It becomes really the greatest spiritual journey, I believe, that people can go on because you're asked to really continue to develop and evolve and grow and put yourself out there in a way that allows you, again, to look at, okay, what is all my stuff that's coming up and am I willing to work through it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me of a story when I, you know, when I take my groups and I used to like literally hide behind the pillars of these conflictive clients, you know, and now when I do have a conflictive client, I just stand right up and it's like, because I know that it's something within me that is triggering me that I'm still, that's still unresolved. I just embrace them. It's like, oh good, they're challenging now. It's, It's a good challenge. And another thing that I wanted to mention with what you said was, you know, looking at and seeing how our students, because as you know, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but I work with the IAWP training new students. And one of the things that I absolutely love is to witness how the students grow, you know, from one call to another, one of our labs to another. And you see how they've picked up all these, these, they've just grown so much. And it just, it always gives me God bumps. I call them God bumps, you know, the goosebumps. And it's just so beautiful to witness and see how the program itself is almost like a self-growth program. It's a, it's a program of personal self-growth as well as being able then later on for them to go out and to have that ripple effect of helping other people as well. So it's gorgeous. I love it. I love it.
1: Well, thank you. And I think it points to, you know, another philosophy we have, which is transformation, not information, right? Most programs and trainings you do, you kind of dive in. It's all about information. It's all about education, right? You get a lot of great content and you're like, oh, what do I do with all this? Right. And yes, we give people all of this content and all of these amazing systems and things they can use, but it's really about the support and the journey and the deep dive work that people do that really becomes about the transformation. Yeah. And so you can have all the information in the world, but if you don't really know how to apply it to yourself, if you don't know mm. how to really take it on that journey with you, then you're not gonna have that transformation. So that's really one reason why we say transformation, not information, it's yeah. such a big part of the journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I wanted to just ask you something, which is how many women versus men are in the program of the IWP? How many men, because I know that it's mostly women. (laughs) You probably can answer that better than me since you are on the front lines (laughs) supporting
1: our coaches, right? The majority of women have the majority historically, not only at the IWP, but in the coaching and not only in coaching, but in the helping and healing professions have been women, right? Because if you think about uh, even healthcare, we had nurses who were You know, kind of in a way, kind of like the first coaches um, and right. And then people going into other helping and healing careers, even into therapy and counseling roles and then Mm. ultimately into other holistic professions like massage therapy, yoga teachers, Reiki masters. This field is being led by women. Mm. Now, that being said, we're seeing a growth in men. More and more men are opening up, right, to this being a path and a possibility. So that's always really exciting because we need the men too, right? We need this balance. We need both. We need everybody out there who is passionate about helping others in this way to be on that path. So, but historically, yeah, it's, uh, you know, these types of fields are more drawing in women, of course. And, you know, some of that goes back to our ancient history and our roots, really, because who were? the healers who were the medicine women, as we look back in time, right? They were always women. In fact, they were revered. They Mm -hmm. were the leaders of their community. And it wasn't really till, you know, a lot of things happened in history where there was kind of this switch. Okay. And we saw them becoming less revered and ultimately kind of pushed out of the front in terms of helping and healing. And then, of course, the traditional medical system was born and was dominated only by men at that time for many, many decades, right? But it doesn't leave our DNA as women, that we are the healers, we are the helpers, and we have the ancient wisdom within us Mm. to be helping people on this level. And so it's still a part of us innately, right? As mothers, as neighbors, as everything we're doing, But for some people, that call is so big because it is a part of their, their, you know, DNA and their roots, right, that they are called into the field of holistic wellness coaching. So I think it's pretty exciting.
0: What do you think it just comes up for me is, is, you know, this persecution, because obviously, you know, the, the women who were these healers and who they were eventually not only just pushed out, they were even ostracized and even persecuted, Do you feel that there's this sort of imprint of persecution that is that is still in our DNA as much as that healer? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) let's let's not. Absolutely.
1: Right. And and I may think I think it's changing. And I think what I really want people to hear is that it's safe. It's safe now to be you. We go back in history. It probably wasn't as safe to be Mm. out there maybe talking about, you know, holistic healing and and wellness in this way time has evolved, we maybe still have that imprint. So and that's why we see sometimes coaches struggle in just going out and sharing their message and posting, you know, a video on social media, right? Because there's so much fear around what has been done in the past, in terms of being vulnerable in terms of sharing our truth, right? So that that can be there. Mm -hmm. But I think when we see, hey, that was in the past. And here we are today. And also leaning into support and community, right? You're not alone. You're not doing this alone. Mm. You have a community behind you, cheering you on, people who, and that's, you know, we all have in common this passion. Everyone's showing up, doing it in a different way. But the common bond is about sharing the message of holistic wellness and, um the fear may still be there, but I want people to see that you don't have to have that fear anymore.
0: Mm, yeah, I think that's, that's really, really important. One of the pictures that I saw way, way back in 2018 on your Instagram, and it was a bunch of women and they were protesting and they, it said, the feminine can heal the world, goddess rising, time to wake up. Feminine can heal the world. Tell me a little bit about that. What do you think you know, is happening now, the rise of the feminine in this sense?
1: Well, we've been living in masculine patriarchal times, and I want to be very clear to people listening. You probably you have mostly women listeners, but even to women listening and men. This is not men versus women. Right. Let's all be clear. We all have both masculine and feminine energies within us. It's just who we are. It's our makeup. Right. But we tend to not always be in perfect balance. We can actually be overly in the feminine and not have enough masculine, which is really that taking action, putting things out there in the world. And the feminine might be that sitting back, that waiting, that trust. Right. So we're actually talking about energies. We're not talking about specific people and their gender. I just want to be clear. okay? because I think sometimes we can hear a lot of sort of male bashing, and then we're getting ourselves nowhere, people, (laughs) if we're going to keep doing that, whether it's male, female versus other things going on in the world, right? It's really about realizing we're all the same on some level, but it doesn't matter as whether it's been women or men, we've been more tending toward the masculine energies in our life. And even just in my simple story about, you know, my career burnout, right? Like the companies that I worked for, it was work till you pass out, work till you die, right? And I adopted the philosophy as well, right? Until I became responsible to balance those energies. So that's where we've been. And yet on the same note, there's a big movement to saying, we're not doing that anymore. Hmm. That's not the path forward. And in fact, going to that extreme has caused destruction on so many levels, right? Hmm. And so how do we bring forth this balance? And again, it's not about swinging way over here either. It's about how do we bring them forward together to move forward in a balanced, healthy way? And there's no such thing as perfect balance, that's for sure. But I think it really starts, Tanya, with all of us really finding it within ourselves um, and what that means for us kind of on individual levels before we can say, okay, this is what it needs to look like on on the the collective level.
0: It's so interesting because on another podcast that I interviewed a beautiful woman called Carolina and she was talking and went about the divine masculine. And as soon as she started talking about the divine masculine, a hundred percent of the listeners just dropped off. And I called her up and I said, What is this? And she says, Yeah, that's normal. People don't want to hear about it because there's been this over, overly, you know, you know the masculine is sort of pushed away, but when we have, as you've explained, which is such a beautiful way how you explained it, is that we have that, ener- those both of those energies within us, and it's really healing that divine masculine within us that requires healing. Basically, it isn't imbalance. You know, we we need to find that healthy feminine energy within us and also the healthy masculine energy within us. And then when we can, we can operate, we can function so much better when we do have that in harmony, those two aspects of us, both men and women, right?
1: Absolutely. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's within all of us. We all have to find that path forward, but there's empowered versions of both of these energies within us and there's disempowered versions. Right. And so we have to find, the the empowerment on, on both sides
0: yeah is the best way yeah. to say it Suzanne I saw also one of the things where you were lying in your vegetable garden <laughs> and you love um, taking some time out and taking care of yourself what is your best self-care moment for you what is it that you do that is your greatest superpower as far as your self-care is concerned
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just I could just tell you what my morning looked like today. And I will say this doesn't look like every morning. Okay, guys. But this was today. Today, I woke I woke up. My son was actually he has to head out to his bus. He's back to school. He's in seventh grade. And he's got to be on the bus at 630 a.m. So oh, wow. um, they're really getting them, you know, on the path to that worker bee for the rest of their life. <laughs> but he's out, he's out there. And so then from there, I always try to carve out time for myself right away instead of just, you know, jumping into the workday or whatever. And so today, it was about um, really sinking into some kind of just quiet time, some meditation time, some journaling. Um, and so that's really just a big part of my day, again, kind of putting on those soul goggles, I have to have some time for that. And I will tell you, like, I had a good chunk of time today to do so I had like 45 minutes or an hour, which is really, really rare, sometimes I only have five minutes, you know, and so you've got to have like little practices and things that you can do in a shorter amount of time so that you don't just skip over them, because I can find myself being like, oh, I don't have time, you know, for the big, long, you know, spiritual deep dive. So forget it. And so recently I've really started to develop more kind of um, just shorter practices, right? So that there's really no, it's, it's not really an option, right? Like there's always something available. So that's super important, kind of filling that tank up, getting the soul goggles on. And then I've got to get out in nature. I've got to get some sunlight in my eyes. I've got to get some movement And today it was just uh, getting some exercise and doing that. And then also I had a fun opportunity to go down to my organic garden where you saw that picture. And we have fresh raspberries going crazy Mm -hmm. right now. So I... Picked a bunch of fresh raspberries while my dog, Bodie was running off after a deer and I'm yelling after him. And then I came back up and I made my breakfast incorporating the raspberries. Um, So, you know, really starting my day with something like that is super ideal. Again, it doesn't happen every day in that same fashion. But the self-care is about making that a priority and carving out that time. And I think what's really hard, I know has been hard for me. And also probably for like a lot of other people too. Again, this is kind of back to that masculine energy of we need to be in action all the time is that we see self-care kind of as an extra or as a luxury or something. Again, we'll squeeze in if there's time, even if we're in the holistic wellness field and we know the importance of it, it doesn't matter. Our ego values us doing something productive and that can be really hard to break those chains Mm. to be honest with you. I know for me, because I grew up that you work hard. That's what you do. I'm from the Midwest in the in the States. <laughs> and you could hear from my story, it was all about following that path and really working hard. And so that didn't really involve that other flip side of the equation, that feminine side of being idle and seeing that that actually has value. And in fact, what I found is that actually has more value than sometimes the taking action. But my mind doesn't always remember that. So I got to get into my heart to remember this and to remind myself about this. Mm.
0: I think there's a lot of remembering that we need to do. (laughs) (laughs) So do you work a lot during the day? Do you work long hours?
1: It really kind of depends what's happening. But so so I carve out the morning like that. And then like today, for example, I'm here. I get to be with you for this opportunity. Right after our conversation, I will have a lunch break and then I will be... Uh, meeting with my marketing team probably for about an hour in a meeting that we have. And so, you know, every day is different. Sometimes it's about meeting with team members. Sometimes it's about interviews and conversations. Sometimes it's about being more inward, creating content. But yeah, I mean, work is a big part of my life. I'm an active CEO involved in the IAWP community while I have an amazing team supporting, you know, I can go away for a month's vacation like I did this summer. And I know that there's nothing to worry about, right? We have an amazing team yet. I have, because this is my passion and purpose in life. Yeah. It's a part of my every day for sure. Yeah. And <laughs> it d- does it feel like work? Um, I'm not <laughs> sure what work feels like anymore. Oh, um, you know, I've been out of like the traditional, What you know, when people say work, oh, it's usually something you don't want to do. So it's really hard yeah. to apply that now to the journey I've been on for so many years. Is there times that your passion feels like work? Yeah, there is. Mm. Right. Because... No matter where you are in your journey, sometimes you are doing things that don't totally light you up. And especially for coaches who are just beginning the journey, all of a sudden they find themselves, hey, I'm passionate about coaching and helping people. I didn't realize I was going to have to wear the marketing hat and the bookkeeping hat and the social media hat and the accounting and the, you know, the clean the office and the, you know, all these organization, all these other things that you sometimes have to do on the journey to doing what you actually do love, right? There was an old uh saying somewhere where like sometimes your passion comes in a work suit. It looks like a lot of work, right? So I think it's just, you know, leaning into what are your skills? What do you love to do? How can you do more of that and continuing to leaning into support about how you can kind of balance that. But it's again, it's never in perfect balance because that's just part of the path of owning your own business. Mm-hmm. I think it for many cases as you grow you to get that opportunity to get more support, more outsourcing. But sure, there's still days I find myself, like this week I am helping. Now, while I have two team members helping, dedicated to a technical thing we have going on, there's been a little bit of involvement on my part where I'm spending at least an hour of day dealing with some technical aspect of the business, which is not really my mojo. But I'm doing it to kind of help the team along because we're working on a timeline. And knowing that this isn't going to last forever, this isn't my day to day. Yes, I can do it.
0: This too shall pass.
1: <laughs> this too
0: shall pass. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing in your fridge?
1: The weirdest thing in my fridge? Oh yeah. my gosh, let me think about this right now. Uh, what is in my fridge right now? Okay. Well, i think one weird thing in my fridge right now is like a dessert that somebody brought over because we had like a gathering of friends over the weekend. And normally we do not like get to have anything too crazy out there. My son is like super excited. He's like, oh, someone made a dessert. (laughs) Mom never makes anything with sugar. (laughs) So I'm like the not fun mom. I'm always making the healthy snacks and everything like that. That's something a little weird right now that's not normally in there. Okay, But, you know, I also tend to right now is like harvest season in my garden. And I was gone for several weeks. So the garden is just like exploding. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to get down there. But because there's like, you know, a lot to do, sometimes I'm just like, chopping down the kale and like shoving it in the fridge so it looks kind of weird just somebody opens it they're like oh the garden is now in the fridge (laughs) it's it's may not be washed and ready to go yet it's just sort of in there so we got two ends of the spectrum there guys we got the kale and we've got this special dessert right now
0: the cake (laughs) beautiful beautiful if you had a billboard what would it look like and what would it say
1: <laughs> okay, everybody, I just want to preface this. I had no idea the questions she's asking me ahead of time. So <laughs> me thinking about having a billboard, um, I mean, right now I'd probably just say it's got to be live well dream big, which has really been my theme for the yeah. last like year or so, right? Because it's about finding what living well means to you and then you know, taking it to the next level in any way you can. And if that's sharing your message with others, and that can be just your family members, your neighbors, your coworkers, right? Or it can be tapping into a bigger way to share your passion with other people, whatever dreaming big means to you. To me, that's that's why we're really here. That's such a big, um, I guess, part of life is being able to follow our passion and purpose in life and, and go out there and share it with others. And yeah, so I would say follow your path not someone else's on this journey and Mm -hmm. that's really what dreaming big comes down to because we all have again those rules about what success is that's how we started this conversation and your path to success is really whatever it means for you to go out there and live well and dream big
0: yeah i love it i love it and i love your podcast so it's absolutely beautiful one last question if you had a magic wand what would you do what would you wish for This is one of the questions I have to say, I'll give you a little bit of a moment to think about this. But this is one of the questions that a lot of our coaches in training, they will ask um, our clients. This is something that we'd ask our clients. And, you know, what is it can you dream of? What if you had the magic wand?
1: You know, the first thing that comes to mind right now is I watch my son going through his middle school years and I I see how, you know, the education is, is set up and this is nothing, you know, this is not bashing anyone. Teachers are amazing. There's so much happening in education today. We've made a lot of strides. But I think if we could really get in there in a way to really help people to figure out what their actual personal passions are, right? Like, what is it instead of saying, hey, you got to be good at everything, you got to get straight A's, right? You know, those are some of the things that I really lived with and why I ended up on the path I went on. So sometimes with, you know, this starts at such a young age. So could we have a way of really helping people? to go for what it is they're meant to, to really focus in. Because I do believe we all have these unique, special gifts. And it's those are the things that make us different. But those are actually part of our superpowers, right? But we're not really taught that. And so then people go on this path. And 20 years later, they figure out, okay, what am I really meant to do? But a dream scenario would be is could we could we start it? Could we change how we're teaching people today so that you know, they really could get on the path to doing what they're meant to do a lot sooner. And therefore, I think making a greater impact um, in the world. Hmm.
0: That's absolutely beautiful. Beautiful, Suzanne. I don't know if there's anything else that you'd like to say, because I think that that's a, a beautiful way to tie up. And unless there's some other question that you feel that I could have asked you that you would like to share with our listeners.
1: I personally cannot think of anything else right now. The only thing else I would share, if there are people who have been listening to this who are like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm stuck in a career that I know does not light me up anymore. I really want to be in alignment. I want to be on this path. I want to, you know, take that next step and realize that I do have to be responsible. We'll be talking a little bit about superpowers today. I do have a special gift for your audience, which is they can go over to, uh, superpowergift.com. Now this isn't something you're going to find on our website normally. Okay. It's superpowergift.com. And when you get there, there's a quick little video from me, but it's uh, an opportunity for you to take a quiz because who doesn't love quizzes? (laughs) And here's where you're going to discover your career superpower right and this is about really what it is that lights you up but it's not just about your career it actually impacts your health and your wealth and your relationships and all these areas so you take the quiz and you're going to get your kind of custom profile and i hope that that's just a resource that can really support you to get started on this path and of course for those of you listening who are like oh my gosh i really i already know i'm i'm into holistic wellness and coaching and all of that of course you can visit us at iawpwellnesscoach.com but for that little gift i'd go over to um superpowergift.com
0: I'll add them in the show notes. I'll add those links in the show note. Um, awesome. And I'll also put the Facebook page, the Instagram, LinkedIn as well, as well as, yeah, your book. Because the book that is also, you can find it on Amazon and it's also a free digital download. Is that correct?
1: Or You can get a free digital download. Absolutely. Yep. Um, you just have to uh, if you're listening to the podcast or if you're on the site, you just go over to IWP wellnesscoach.com forward slash guide and you get a free copy. If you're somebody who likes that hard copy, yes, you can find it also on Amazon. And most of all, you will see that our lovely host is actually featured <laughs> in the book, which is so amazing. So you can yeah. hear a little bit more about your story, too, yeah. which is so fun.
0: Thank you so, so much, Suzanne. It's been such an honor. Thank you so much. It's been a beautiful conversation and I've been looking forward to this for so long. So finally, we've made it happen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you so much. And thanks to everybody for listening.
0: Well, we hope that you enjoyed that as much as we did. Again, thank you so much for taking time out in your precious day to join us. Contact me if you're interested in individual coaching or curious about my bespoke transformational retreats and journeys in Spain. My website is thrivewellnessjourneys.com and on Instagram, I'm Tanya Wellness. You can find all the links in the show notes. My life was totally transformed through my training as a wellness coach. So if you're interested in becoming a holistic wellness coach like myself, I highly recommend the IAWP. The link is in the show notes, and they'll provide you with a free student starter kit. And if you enroll in their course, we'll benefit, and it helps keep our podcast alive. I'd also like to mention that Rob runs an audio production company. He records people's life stories so that you can hear the voice of your loved ones even when they have left this physical realm. Imagine how cool that is. A real family treasure. Please feel free to share this podcast and we wish you a beautiful day.